You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 69. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Prindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the pride of PlayStation, Sean Babiak, and the Nintendo aficionado, Roro. Roro, who the heck is this other guy that's in here? I, I don't know. How did he get in here? <laughs> Isn't it kind of funny? The first episode I come back to is episode 69. Nice. Oh, gosh. It kind of is. It kind of is. Roro, I think we're getting Zoom bombed. I think we need to just block <laughs> that one right there. Uh, <laughs> thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. Just search podcast PXN and you will find us on there. And now simultaneously live on twitch.tv slash podcast PXN as well. The topic of the show this week is all the news on Lucasfilm games creation and what we want to see from them. But first, the show always starts with the PXN news of the week. So let's go ahead and jump right in. Guys, the first item on the news of the week is the official website for the Killzone franchise has been retired, but doesn't impact multiplayer in Killzone games. So apparently, uh, essentially, they're just taking down the website. And uh, I guess there's like clans or something like that in Killzone Shadowfall that uh, those will be going away with this uh, transition. Uh, But essentially, now, if you go to Killzone.com, it redirects you to PlayStation.com. Um, so, uh, Roro, start with you. Uh, do you think that this is the end of the Killzone franchise? Um, it doesn't look good, I guess. To retire the website completely is kind of worrisome. I hope it is, honestly. I would like to see Gorilla move away from the franchise and continue with Horizon and hopefully new IPs in the future. Um, I'm surprised that multiplayer is still going on that they didn't get rid of the servers yet. And it's, it's cool that they're still supporting it, but I was honestly surprised to to hear that even. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where they go from here with the Killzone franchise. I don't know if any fan, I don't know if it's really something that people are clamoring for, but uh, I'm sure there's some fans out there. Like, like I said, people are still playing the multiplayer apparently. So I'm sure they're out there, but not, not a huge soccer to me though. Sean, big Killzone fan? Uh, I enjoyed 1, 3, Mercenary, and Shadowfall. Um, 2 I was not a huge fan of. Um, 1 I only loved because it like broke everyone's PS2. It was so much more advanced than the PS2 could handle at that time. Like it loaded every like 10 steps. There was so much going on. Like it was like one of the first FPS that I felt like you truly were, I guess, holding a weapon because I like whenever you reloaded, you saw like very, very detailed um, uh, reload stuff going on. Like, I feel like Halo really kind of comes to mind when I think of like what's the first FPS I saw when it came to like reloading a weapon or anything like that. Like the Needler that always like kind of sparks in my mind. But when you reload like a, a machine gun and uh, kill zone, you like saw every bullet kind of going in and everything. And it was just really cool to see that power uh and mercenary was great on the vita uh it really was it was it was one of the top 10 vita games in my opinion 
and Shadowfall. Yeah. And Shadowfall was actually a very good launch game. It's just Hmm. that series just never took off. They always wanted it to be a, I think they wanted to sell it as a Halo killer. And that's not what they ever should have gone for. Uh, I think they actually found their footing when it came to Shadowfall. But then obviously Horizon is just far above and beyond what people wanted more so than another kill zone. Hmm. I'd actually be better off if Insomniac in some way brought back uh, Resistance. Uh, I, I love the second and third of those games, especially the multiplayer. But I mean, maybe somebody will take over Killzone. I think it's just leave it be. It, those are some. There's some franchises that you can retire. That that can be retired. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I I agree with you guys. Um, it's definitely it's definitely signaling the end of the franchise by them killing the website. Because like, why else would you just eliminate the website? Like. I don't know. It's not that costly to just run a website because you just have to own the domain name and you already have the website built. So it's not like you have to constantly change it. So I definitely agree. Uh, It'll at least be a while until we get anything from them. But moving on to the next news story, uh, Rust is coming to Xbox One and PS4 after being raided by the ESRB. So I feel like we are kind of in this weird spot right now <laughs> that we're we're getting new games that are coming out that are coming exclusively to last-gen consoles now, and it's such a weird position because, like, we can still play these games on the new-gen consoles, but it's like th- that's not going to be, you know, optimized for those systems. So I guess uh, my question is kind of uh, twofold. Like, obviously, I know... Y- neither of you have really played rust uh a significant amount or anything um so i was wondering if this would interest either of you and the second kind of question is like should they should they wait to release this until like uh next gen versions are ready or i don't know do you guys think this is a kind of a interesting idea for rust it's nothing that interests me to be honest with you um, I do like watching some of the, like the clips online and stuff like that. I think that stuff's funny. Um, and, and I actually liked hearing your stories, Daniel, when you were playing it, uh, what, maybe about six months ago or so. Yeah. Uh, but it's just not a game. It's like fallout that just, there's certain games that just don't interest me at all. I can appreciate what they do. Um, I think it's weird that they're announcing PS4 and Xbox, Xbox one versions. Um, only because I get it. Their install base is there. But like, I don't know, I feel like at this point, I'm sorry, but that's last gen. We're on current gen now. So I don't know, maybe you should, you can maybe say all four, or I guess all five or six. I Who knows at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just thought that was a weird PR move to not say PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Rust is something that I haven't played either. Um, it coming to... The consoles definitely interests me, even though I have a, a PC. But sometimes, as we've discussed on the show, sometimes it doesn't work out so well because of the what I what I do have. So it coming to consoles is is better for me anyway. But um, yeah, I, I realize that it's getting more popular again, so I, I kind of wanted to to try it out. But yeah, it coming to PS4 instead of PS5 instead of Xbox Series is is weird. But like you were saying, you can still play it on those consoles, and they can still do like a an upgrade later down the line. So they could always announce, hey, we're doing an upgrade later and people can still play there. So 
it it is weird that that's what they're advertising. But if it's not ready, then I don't I don't think they had to wait, especially if you still can play it on the console still. Yeah, I I agree completely. Um, I don't it, and Rust isn't like a gorgeous game or anything. Yeah. It's, I mean, for the most part, it's kind of a I don't know. I don't want to say ugly game, but it's kind of you know rough around the edges. So, uh, but yeah, the I think I would I would be excited to see like you try out Rust Roro and see what your thoughts are like. Uh, just if you're streaming it or something, I think that that's the most interesting thing about Rust. Like everyone has a different experience with it, and like there's certain moments that you're like, wow, that's super cool or that's funny or I don't know. It's just weird, quirky things that happen and everyone's experience is kind of different with it. So I don't know. Um, Moving on to the next news story, guys. Mass Effect Legendary Edition will seemingly release on March 12th, 2021. Uh, I'm pretty sure we are getting a very, very good first part of 2021 uh q1 2021 from all of the delays that happened last year uh we're getting what the medium uh is is the ascent coming q1 still i think they haven't announced the new date but oh, we still got resident okay. evil 8 yeah uh is that that's not coming q1 right is it i thought it was i'll look it hmm. up real quick okay but at any rate this is coming march 12th very soon uh if this is true obviously this isn't confirmed or anything but that would make sense because uh mass effect 2 i know released in march i believe and mass effect 3 as well so it's kind of lining up with that time frame um i just hope that this is good (laughs) because i want (laughs) to experience the trilogy again and like for new people to experience it like you guys i think that would be awesome to uh experience it new uh or new not new sooner rather than later um so yeah this this would be great to fill in like the early summer months i guess uh when we get to that point um are you guys excited to play this definitely definitely excited to as you said i'm i am new to the franchise heard amazing things definitely excited to play it in this uh collection and it being a like you said a a more hopefully an improved version of what they have on steam and, and whatever, because I've been holding off every time I see it on steam, like, should I just go for it? You know, I gotta be, gotta, gotta, gotta be strong. Gotta wait. So uh, I'm excited to play when it finally arrives, hopefully in March. And Sean will never, will never get you to play. <laughs> More than likely. Now I only say that because next gen has, or I guess now current gen has now greatly increased my backlog at this point. Like it's, <laughs> It's beyond anything that I can even anticipate on what I'm going to get to next. I mean, my most excited game right now is Ratchet and Clank. So if it Mm. Ratchet and Clank somehow gets a release date at that time, probably not. But more than likely not, no matter what. Which is fair. (laughs) Uh, And if the Ascent comes out the same day, I'm sure that's going to be above it. That was my Xbox next gen game. So you're 100% right. (laughs) Uh, moving on, guys, to some Nintendo news. Nintendo has revealed a new Mario Red and Blue edition of the Switch, which this is the first time to change the screen color, so the bezel and the back of the screen portion of the console uh, is actually red and blue, which 
finally, like, why, why did this take so long? We're now four years into the switch life cycle, but yes, that's the colors look amazing. Uh, that bright red color. Oh, that looks so good. I wish I didn't. That's the one that I wanted, dude. That's that. that, The red is what stood out to me. I thought that looks so cool. Yes, I agree. And like, does this mean we're not getting a switch pro? (laughs) Like what, where is that at? Uh, yeah. yeah, I would not hold your breath on that one right now. I I hope we still get one. I don't think them making a a special edition a special edition console necessarily rules that out, but it doesn't help the fact, I guess, because they made the Animal Crossing one, they made the Fortnite one. I guess that I guess that you could if you could even call that a special edition one. But um yeah, I I I I, I just really hope that they do make a pros uh Probably not this year or anytime soon, but I, I don't want to rule it out just yet. But the new Switch looks awesome. I, I love it. I love the bright red. The dock is bright red, too. <laughs> Everything about it is is awesome. I love it. Yes. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm a huge Mario person. I know it's going to be our next news story. I won't lie, though. I would be more inclined with just, like, kind of my gaming is if it's somehow a Link green, uh, more so than a Mario red. Um that Wii U that came out many years ago, that was the Wind Waker Special Edition. <laughs> that was really cool. And that was like the only Wii U iteration that they did um, as far as any type of thing. So hopefully it's not the case with this. But I'm, I'm in that mindset too as far as what Roro was just saying. Like, I don't think the Switch Pro is coming out this year. I do think it's coming. But I, I also I have no reason to buy a new Switch at this point when... Most of us got decent sized memory cards and yeah, like mine's, I think 256 gigabytes or something like that, which is a huge amount of space. I mean, Breath of the Wild is still like basically the biggest game I own. So it's like, I don't really have to worry too much about any of that stuff. Yeah. And you were, you were saying Sean about the Zelda green switch. Isn't this year like an anniversary for Ooh. Zelda in, in some ways? I, I thought it was a 35th, right? Or am I, am I thinking something else right now? I That's think, Mario. I thought that. Was I think Mario. there is a. What's it? Yeah, it's 35th anniversary for Zelda this year too. Actually, last That's year was last yeah. year was Mario. Last year was, was Mario. Yeah, so, last year was Mario. So maybe we'll get something for Zelda. It's it's that'll be awesome. Yeah, a thousand percent. This is the year that we'll get Breath of the Wild too. So the only thing I could think of, and maybe this is where that goes, is the possibility of a launch game with the Switch Pro, because mm-hmm. um, they have history of doing that. Uh, what was the game that launched with the? The 3DS or the new 3DS. I think it was. I think it was like a Fire Emblem or something like that. I could be wrong on that. Yeah, I, I, oh, I don't remember. I'm not sure. Uh, you're talking to the wrong person here, Sean. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> our our a Nintendo aficionado is gonna look it up right I now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to find. I remember it oh, being. Right. I think Fire Emblem sounds familiar, and I know the Zelda games like. Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time use a little thumbstick as well. Yes, the remaster of yeah. Ocarina. I don't know if they launched with it though. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't know. I know. I know. At least Majora's Mask wasn't because I own Majora's Mask on the original 3DS. So, can we just make this year uh, the year of Zelda? Can that just happen? Like, you know, we had <laughs> yes. the year of Luigi, the year of Mario. Yeah. It was Fire Emblem. Okay, there we go. Uh, but no, I would totally be down with that. I mean, obviously we got, I mean, Mario 
Mario, whatever the launch game, or not the launch game, that party Mario game ends here in like eight weeks, but I would be okay with some sort of Zelda maker. I mean, that's been teased for years or rumored to be teased for years that, that we could get that. Uh, I don't see them doing two Zelda games in one year unless they would do a remaster along with Breath of the Wild. True. True, true. Um, so Sean, you alluded to this a little bit ago. Uh, our next news story, Super Mario 3D World, Bowser's Fury, uh, gave us a, a first look at it and it looks pretty epic, uh, which to be honest, I think Super Mario 3D World is like almost like a blind spot for me. I played it and beat it, but like watching this new stuff with Bowser's Fury, I felt I feel like I never even played the game before. It looks so different. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you have Mario going like Super Saiyan now. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what they I think they call it Fury Mode or something like that, but it's just like, oh, it's Goku in a cat suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I I hope this uh, little expansion or whatever you want to call it is going to add like a ton to the game. And like, I, I may pick this up on day one just to kind of get something to play on the switch again. Although I say that and I haven't even opened super Mario 30 or 3d anniversary uh, <laughs> or all stars, not anniversary. I'm saying they're complete wrong things, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it would be cool to jump back into this and it comes out on the best day of the year, guys, February 12th. My birthday. No. <laughs> so. One day, what, is that the day that Halo Infinite uh, comes out finally? Oh, well. I, <laughs> okay, that might be the best day of 2021, but the best day in general. <laughs> January 20th, I agree. No. Um. All right. Uh, so, what do you got? Are you guys excited to jump back into Super Mario 3D World? Or I am Better. super excited. Very excited. After watching the trailer, it was it got me even more excited for, for it. I love the Wii U game, the base game, so I'm excited to play that over again. Had a lot of fun playing uh, the co-op with my sister back in the day, so hopefully we'll be able to do that again, especially with it being online. So not even have to be in the same room anymore. And Bowser's Fury, I hope it's a lot. I feel like it's not going to be as expansive as some people might think, but I'm definitely excited to to play it for sure. Yeah, I mean, this is our last Wii U game, in my mind, that needed to come over. Um, I mean, I'm not, it's it's a no-brainer that this is going to do, in my mind, very well. It's a, lot, it's a game that a lot of people miss because there wasn't that much buy-in when it came to the Wii U. But um, I kind of agree with you, Roro, as far as, like, I would not expect a giant expansion. First off, that game is actually pretty big as it is. Um, with all the secrets and the actual like platforming it takes to get everything for that. Um, so, I mean, you already have a pretty expansive game to begin with, but it, it looks great. It really does. Like, It actually looks like a game I, I primarily play my Switch in handheld, but it really seems like it's something that I want to probably play docked just because of how it looks, uh, which is weird to say because I feel like most, I don't know, it just, it's always my feeling that if you have a Switch, for the most part, you probably play it in handheld mode. Hmm. That's how I play it. Ninety nine percent. I'm I'm always shocked when people say I play I play the Switch ninety percent docked. I'm like, what? No, no way. Yeah, those are the people that pour the milk in before the cereal. <laughs> oh, those people. Ro, you, you don't do that, do you? No, I don't. No. Okay, there we go. Thank I you. play my Switch handheld. Of course, I don't. Uh, perfect. <laughs> All right. 
All right, moving on to our next story. IO Interactive has announced all six locations that Agent 47 will be visiting in Hitman 3. Uh, The locations are Dubai, Dartmoor, United Kingdom, uh, Berlin, Germany, Chongqing, China. Uh, I probably butchered that. (laughs) Mendoza, Argentina, and Carpathian Mountains, Romania. Uh, just looking at the screenshots of each of these locations, I absolutely love how completely different each each uh, area is. Like it has a completely different theme to each area. You've got Dubai, which is like in the sky uh, on the gigantic tower, which is awesome. Uh, you have Dartmoor, United Kingdom, that looks like a freaking spooky area, like a spooky. I don't know. Uh, it just looks like a spooky mansion. Uh, you have Berlin, Germany, which kind of looks like you're on the streets uh, with some graffiti. It looks kind of cool. Uh, you've got Jungking, China, that looks like it's almost like cyberpunk esque with all the neon, uh, neon street lights and all of that. You have Mendoza, Argentina, which looks like a freaking beautiful like landscape. Like I don't know, it just looks amazing. And then you have Carpathian Mountains, Romania, that just looks like a crazy blizzard's going on there. So I love how diverse this is, and I'm very excited to play this. And this is another game coming out very soon. Uh, have I convinced you guys yet to play this game? What it's a PS I... Plus game, yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> the, the Hitman series, I, I have dabbled in a decent amount of the games, actually. Um, I remember... I, Back when PS2 used to have demo discs, I had a demo disc with uh, Hitman, the original. Um, and I had a lot of fun just playing that mission over and over again to see like what else I could do. But it's I, I'm in that I think the majority of people that they try, they literally try as best as they can every mission to approach it with as much stealth as possible. And then always something goes wrong. And then you're just going guns blazing and not caring what happens. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Roro? I, I don't know if I'll try it right away, but it definitely looks fun. I played two a little bit recently to give it a shot to see if it was something that I would like. And I did enjoy it, and I, th- I thought it was cool, but I don't know if I'm going to get it day one. But uh, So... I, I, all these locations look beautiful, though the 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 China location and um, the Argentina one, particularly, are both really standing out to me. So I'll play it when I when I do, but yeah, maybe not right away. That's fair. And like for people who haven't played the first two games, the value mm-hmm. you get with three is amazing because they include all of the maps and and missions from the first two games in an updated version in their new engine. So. Definitely recommend it for anyone who's new. Um, Next story, guys. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order has been updated for both PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X, uh, which is very excited. Ex- very excited. I'm just all <laughs> over the place today. Very exciting. Uh, so the cool thing here is uh, on Series X, the dynamic resolution is actually going to increase up to 2160p, which is 4K uh, on Series X. And the performance mode on Series X will hit 60 frames per second and scale up to 1440p, which is 
oh, I can I, honestly, I may go back to this game and play another playthrough just to play in this new version. Uh, on PlayStation 5, it's been increased to 60 frames per second as well. Uh, the weird thing here is the resolution's a little different. Uh, it's set to 1440p uh, when it's not in uh, performance mode. And then when you're in performance mode, it lowers to 1200p. So it's kind of interesting there that it's a little bit different than the Series X. But I am very excited uh, to check this out. And is this going to convince you guys to go back to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order? Not yet. Because it's still so it's still very fresh for me, even though it was over a year ago. But it, I had a lot of fun. Obviously, I considered it my game of the year 2019. Um, so um, it's it is an amazing game. That's great. I'm glad I have it digitally because I can just transfer it over to my PS5 and in that case. To convince you guys um, to go back I believe to I'll have to look Jedi into that part. But still, it, it is a great game. If you have not played it, buy it. Um, or probably Xbox Game Pass, wouldn't you say, Daniel? Yes. Yeah. The game. Yes. Game? Correct. Yeah. Uh, but still awesome. Uh. I'll still say this because I want to talk so much smack because I really actually want to play it on a next-gen system or a current-gen system. Uh, thank God they went this route instead of the route that Control went. Mm, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, I would definitely like to replay it. I don't have a PS5 or Xbox Series S X yet, but um, I I do love that game. and it is, it is a really good game, so I'm happy that it's getting the treatment. So whenever I do get the PS5 and I have nothing to play at the time if the new Star Wars games haven't come out yet, or maybe they're <laughs> bad for some reason, and I just want to play a good Star Wars game, I, I can play a new and improved Fallen Jedi Order. So I'm, I'm excited to for that to, to arrive. I think it's good. And as Sean was saying, I'm glad they didn't do any tomfoolery and make it all <laughs> yeah, you know, sneaky. But yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, make you buy an ultimate version of the game yeah. and charge you full <laughs> price again. Yeah, Ugh, Control. Freaking... <laughs> Anyways, moving on to our next story, guys. Cyberpunk 2077 is back in the news. The next-gen enhancement apparently is not coming until the second half of 2021. And CD Projekt Red's uh, co-founder has explained the roadmap and kind of what happened at launch, which I thought was kind of fascinating. Uh, I won't go over the whole thing of what he uh, was talking about, but... Uh, I did think it was fascinating that the next-gen versions are so late, so it's essentially going to be a year later than what the um, current-gen version released on. Um, but they have detailed that patch 1.1 and patch 1.2 are coming very soon. Uh, I think the first one's supposed to be out this month at some point. Um, and then I th believe they had already said the second one would be February, like late February. Um, but... I don't know how many optimization patches it's going to take them to get the console versions into a state that is actually in a good state. Um, but I really hope that when this does finally launch on next gen this fall, that it is very good and not what we saw with the current gen or last gen, I guess now. Um, what, what are your guys' thoughts? I personally, I haven't played cyberpunk in a while like two to three weeks maybe and at this point i'm kind of thinking to myself like i have so many other things going on right now like maybe i just set that 
aside for now and then I'll jump back in when more enhancements come out but I'm feeling like right now I'm gonna want to wait till those enhancements come but not wait till the fall because Halo Infinite comes this fall and that's gonna destroy everything for me in terms of time so I don't know what are you guys planning on doing about this yeah it's gonna be a while until I play it as as well um as, as I mentioned before with the last story, I don't have a next-gen current slash current-gen console right now, yep. and my laptop is not the best, and my PS4 won't run it very well, so <laughs> it's going to be a while until they do that, and the improvements that they make on PS4 and current-gen systems, I, I don't even know if I want to even risk it there, and I feel like I should just wait for the next gen version and and play it on PS5 there because I don't feel at this point like the conversation is gone. I don't feel like I need to be in that the hype conversation now because it's it's already passed. So I can wait to play it in later this year or or whenever and try it out then. Because I do I do want to go back to it. I do want to experience it. But I'm I'm in no rush right now. And and I as you were mentioning a little bit in the beginning of this, how uh the internal team at CD Projekt Red, apparently they didn't know about the issues. Uh, report from IGN, they're saying this. And each day at work, they saw significant improvements every day from with the performance. But obviously, they didn't because yeah. when it released on PS4, like it, it's it's either they're lying or they just completely didn't look at what they were testing. Yeah. So it was it was interesting to read that too. But um, yeah, I I, I do want to play it eventually, but. It's going to be a while until I do. They were either lying or they were blindfolded the entire time they yeah. were testing. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Sean, what are you doing about that? Uh, if I'm being honest at this point, I, I do own it. I do. I bought it on my Series X. Uh, I am looking at it as... I, I don't think that it's broken on the Series X. I do want to preface that. I have not had any problems with any glitches from the amount that I had played. Hmm. Um, but at that at this moment, there are games that interest me more than Cyberpunk. And I said this to begin with when I purchased, well, even before I purchased the game as far as how I was looking for this whole thing. So it, it's really not a priority for me to be kind of thinking that I need to get back to this. And honestly, I'm okay with waiting until the quote-unquote next-gen version comes out. Uh, with all the upgrades, I can only imagine how beautiful it'll look mm-hmm. on the Series X to begin with. Um, and if it's optimized for that now, too, I mean, I, I think only better in that sense. Um, I've seen some videos of PC players and just seeing what they see. And me thinking possibly I could not see that kind of bums me out. Um, but I, I, there's so many good games out right now, even for, uh, if you have those next gen systems or current gen again, muddy in the waters at this point, but like, there's so many other good games, uh, that you could play. And it's not like cyberpunk's not going away. I, I think CD project red made a lot of mistakes leading up to this. I a hundred percent agree with that, but I don't think they're going to let you down when it's finally ready for you. Um, I, I am bummed though. It is taking that long to get ready, but I think just like, uh, hello games did with no man's sky, it's possible that it's going to come back bigger and better than ever. Yeah, I agree. 
Uh, moving on to our final news story, which we just added literally seconds before we went live when Sean yelled to me, hey, did you see this? And I said, okay, let me add this. Apparently the Hogwarts game, I believe Hogwarts Legacy, is it? Is that right? Uh, Hogwarts Legacy, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it has been delayed to 2022 now, um, which a lot of people have been very excited about this game in terms of like the idea of it for so long now, uh, even before it was revealed that I think that it's just been, it was at the point where it was at the maximum hype. So they had to announce it, even though they may not have necessarily been ready to announce it. Um, so it does kind of suck that, uh, it's delayed, but I think with every good game that, you know, gets delayed, uh, I mean, Cyberpunk's not a good example of that because it got delayed three times and it's not good. But, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully this just means that they're going to avoid a situation like that and uh, they can make the best game they can. Uh, are you guys, I don't know, are you guys concerned about this at all or are you still cautiously optimistic? I would say given the events of the last 10, 11 months, no. Um, I mean, it's to be expected that any game that was either 50% or 60% done, and I'm just throwing out percentages, I, I feel like it should be expected that those games are going to get delayed. Um, I, I, I think that uh, Halo Infinite is probably, in my mind, the only delay um, that is one that I think you can pretty much guarantee is coming out this year. Other than that, it would not surprise me a lot of other games getting even further pushback because just because the vaccine's out does not mean that we're done with all this stuff yet. Um, mm -hmm. Developers need that interaction with each other, like almost on a face to face. So it's understandable. And these are this is two studios making it uh, port key games made by WB games. Uh, that's their own in-house studio. And then uh, Avalanche Studio, who used to do Disney Infinity. Yep. So, I mean, that's two studios, two sets of teams working on one pretty epic game that'll probably have a lot of pressure on its shoulders being a very, very valued licensed game. So they're going to try to make sure they get it right. Yeah. And I, I completely agree. Um, I just wish that we didn't date games so far from their release. Yeah. I want more fallout Four type announcements where yeah. they're ready they announce it, the game comes out in a couple of months. Or even if you do want to release it a year in the future, just make sure you're ready to do that when you're announcing it. I don't mind you showing off a trailer and there being no date. You can announce it if you want to. Get us excited. Yeah. But when you're ready for the date, make sure it is the date, <laughs> please. Yeah. I'm so sorry about these. Uh, not sorry. I'm so upset about these delays. I'm, I'm, I'm totally for it. I, I, I expect delays to happen. And when they do happen... They're usually for the better, but I just wish that they didn't <laughs> jump the gun so often because it's, it is annoying. <laughs> yes, I agree. Yeah. You are correct, Roro. And I, yeah, I don't know. We've, we've talked about it for so long about the lanes, <laughs> so yeah. I don't need to harp on it anymore. But I, I, again, like the, like Sean was saying, the COVID stuff, it, it was in a way out of nowhere. So yeah. I understand to an extent, some of the, some of these developers being caught off guard by the pandemic. I just, I just really, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It just sucks. It just sucks for everybody, for the developers, for the players, for everybody. Yes. Agreed. 
Um, moving into the games we are playing, guys. Uh, I have not played anything in the last week. I've been very busy <laughs> doing a lot of stuff. So I've only been playing Master Chief Collection as usual. So uh, with little tidbits here and there that I've had time for. So uh, I did rewatch the entire uh, like team up parts of the MCU, though. I was watching those like while doing other things. So. A little fun, little fun thing. Deadpool there. three, yeah, Deadpool three. That's gonna be good. Uh, Roro, what have you been playing? Um, so I currently or recently started uh, Final Fantasy nine. On it was on Xbox Game Pass. I was like, I've heard good things. I want to get to start playing more Final Fantasies, and I'm really enjoying it so so far. Um, the story is pretty good. Uh, obviously, it's a P- PlayStation One game, so in some ways, it's a little bit uh, dated. They, it's an improved version, so the the characters are really well done, but the backgrounds are still the same from PS One. So it looks kind of it's jarring to see the HD characters and the you know the <laughs> SD backgrounds, I guess you could say. But uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm going to continue um, playing it for sure. And besides that. More destiny. That's More that's destiny. about it. <laughs> More destiny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I bought it uh, maybe like a week and a half ago or two weeks, but I've been playing the Devil May Cry Five Special Edition on PS Five. Uh, looks gorgeous. I never actually beat Five uh, when it came out in 2019 uh, on the PS Four, but I am actually really loving it on the PS Five. Mostly because of the haptic feedback, um, I was very surprised that they included that with um, a almost a remaster, I guess you could say, because um, like you actually feel like uh, when you're revving up Nero's sword, because that's like kind of one of the sticks of his, like you feel that kind of giving weight to you. Uh, so that is, it's actually really cool. Uh, I've almost beaten it, um, and then I'm gonna move on to the Virgil DLC. Um, that wasn't in the original, and I always like playing that. They always have that some Virgil special edition thing when it comes to that. Um, and then also this afternoon, I played the demo for Little Nightmares Two on the Switch uh, that is out today. Uh, which I, I liked Little Nightmares the first one. Um, this is a little bit more of the same. Uh, looks a lot prettier too, but it's a very creepy, almost like inside game i guess you could say like I'd, it'll probably give a lot of people inside or um oh crap what's the other one daniel uh i'm just drawing a blank right limbo. now limbo limbo thank you yeah. <laughs> uh, it'll give a lot of people that but just obviously a different aesthetic um with the puzzles and a little bit obviously more horror elements to it but really cool free try it out um i plan on hopefully getting i'm off this weekend i'm actually gonna start uh hyrule warriors this weekend Nice. Cool. Um, All right. Moving into the topic of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We got this news, uh, I believe, Monday. Uh, Lucasfilm Games has risen in the ashes of LucasArts. So, uh, essentially, LucasArts was, you know, a, a developer that made Star Wars content and they made Star Wars or were working on Star Wars 1313 when they were canceled or shut down by Disney. Uh, they were purchased by Disney and then they were shut down the, the, shortly thereafter. 
Um, so the interesting thing with this, guys, is Star Wars games will now all be brought together under the Lucasfilm Games banner, which means no more EA exclusivity, although there are unannounced EA projects still coming. So the interesting thing here is uh, they have the exclusivity through, I believe, 2022. Um, so essentially, uh, I would I would probably bet on Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order 2 for 2022 as kind of their closing thing for uh, this exclusivity deal before the gauntlet is thrown out there. Um, but I do think it's very interesting now that they are essentially treating this the same way that Marvel is treating their universe uh, and essentially giving developers access to their characters and letting them make great games. And you see that with Spider-Man. You see that with Avengers uh, by Crystal Dynamics, even though that, that one's a little bit... I mean, yeah, that one's a little bit more dicey, but I mean, it's still got it's still got decent reviews. It's not like it bombed or anything, um, but... Sale-wise, yeah. it did. Sales-wise, yes, it did. It did bomb. But I do like this uh, very much because I feel like we're going to get a lot more unique Star Wars content now. We're not... We're not going to be stuck in the pigeonhole of whatever the heck EA decides to do, because uh, obviously they're only approving certain projects, and we saw that when they shut down Visceral Games and canceled their um, Project Ragtag, I think is what it was called. Um, but what 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 are you guys most looking forward to in terms of this new Lucasfilm ga- games banner? Like, is it a, is it a game, a star Wars game you want to see or something else? Um, for, for me, it's, it is definitely more star Wars. Like you were saying, um, it's super cool that they're allowing other developers to jump in and make their own version or their own vision of the game. I was watching the kind of funny podcast today and just like everybody was pitching their own uh, Star Wars game that could happen. And there were some really good ones. Like Imran said, uh, a Mizzou, like a Dynasty Warriors type uh, Star Wars game. Like, oh, now I, I really want that. <laughs> and uh, Paris mentioned a Bungie game, but uh, a Star oh. Wars Bungie game. It's like, oh, that would be, that would be perfect. Yes. Yes. So I really hope that I don't know if that'll happen, but it, it's in my head now, and I would love that <laughs> that's happened. But um, yeah, I think it's great, and I, I like this approach, the the Marvel games approach, as you mentioned. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for more Star Wars games that are not uh, EA <laughs> games as well. Not not because Battlefront wasn't that great. I know it didn't. I know it's changed a lot since its release. But, uh, and of course, Jedi Fallen Order was fantastic, but that's mostly to do with uh, Respawn, I think. Yes. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to to get more Star Wars, for sure. Yeah, uh, so mine's a little two-pronged. One is obviously the Star Wars license. Hmm. Um, I like that it's no longer on EA, because in my opinion, EA only made one good Star Wars game that whole time, and that was in 2019, finally. Uh, so just stupid on that part hmm. um like I, I i don't understand why that in my opinion they failed that license they had so many opportunities to be successful and they did not <laughs> um but i i feel like that opens the door for that uh to happen i think that it can totally be different than the marvel 
um, I guess, video game universe, because I think you can have non-connected Star Wars games where I think it's weird that you have non-connected Marvel games. Mm. Um, I feel like those should be connected. Star Wars doesn't necessarily have to be. And obviously we're going to get a new trilogy probably in the next 10 years that has nothing to do with the Skywalkers, um, with, with all that stuff going on. Um, honestly, what I would love, and this is just me selfishly, is them to go to weird Star Wars. I loved Star Wars Episode One Pod Racer on the N64. Um, it was an incredibly frustrating game. I know it's on the Switch, and I think you can get it on the PS4 and Xbox uh, One. But that was a that was an awesome game. I loved that game as a kid. Like I tried to get every single course, race everything perfectly because you could not advance unless you had first place. Uh, so it was such a great game that I, I that's one of my fondest memories. And the other thing is maybe outside of the Star Wars universe, we'll get back to um, point-and-click adventure games that are really, really detailed that LucasArts was known for even more than they were as far as Star Wars. Monkey Island, Grim Fandango, Day of the Tentacle. Uh, I'm not saying those specifically licenses, but like get the weird back in games yeah. type of thing. And they were they were very well known for that. So kind of on the back of this, uh, we got news just today, I believe, that Ubisoft is making an open-world Star Wars game with Massive taking the lead on it. So the interesting thing here to me is, what the heck is Massive doing? Like, Massive is working on an Avatar game right now, so I guess half of Massive is working on Avatar and half of them is working on a new Star Wars game. They're not working on Division anymore, I guess. Uh, I mean, I know Ubisoft... Ubisoft traditionally has like 20 developers working on every single game they make, it seems like, but like taking the lead on another big licensed property, that's kind of surprising to me uh, that Massive is doing this. Uh, does it surprise you at all, Roro, that, that Massive is uh, kind of taking on another tentpole franchise, both owned by Disney, too? <laughs> yeah. Um, I... A little, a little. Um, like you were saying, I'm sure they have uh, a big team working on both games, but it does don't want to stretch themselves too thin. Um, they, they did recently mention, I think, on or responding to this uh, the situation, saying that um, don't worry, we're big enough to to handle both. But yeah, it, it is a little uh, worrying. I wouldn't be surprised if the Star Wars game honestly gets put first against the avatar one they prioritize that more and then the avatar one gets pushed back a bit um but yeah i we'll, we'll see i guess <laughs> yeah which sean which one are you more excited for the avatar game from them or the star wars game um at this point neither because we have no information <laughs> on anything i i just i it's why are they pushing themselves so thin on a game that's not even released? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, Avatar, I don't understand why that's a... People always call it like a huge license on stuff. It had one movie. Yeah. And like, and one movie almost like, what was, I think it came out when I was in high school. Mm. So that was like at least 2006. Like, it, it was a pretty cool movie at the time, I but... it was 2009, if I remember. Right. Was it? I thought I was in high school, but I can't remember. Yeah, 2009. But, okay, but regardless, it's been one movie, and then James Cameron has been working on, like, nine other movies in the Avatar franchise now for, like, ten years. <laughs> so it's like, I, I don't really necessarily needed that game, but 
Maybe you're right. Maybe they do have two teams, but let's see what everything looks like. Now, if it is an open world game, and if it's Knights of the Old Republic getting revised, all right, then we're in. Then I'm good. But I, I just, it's it's very hard for me, for anybody else now to figure out Star Wars as well as Respawn just recently did. Um, and I know, Daniel, you weren't a huge fan of the combat, but that really felt like that's how you do lightsaber combat to me. So it's just interesting how somebody, a new studio is going to take that head and try to pull off what Respawn just did, but in an open world format. And Knights, Knights of the Old Republic just makes sense to do it that way. Yeah, and to to be fair, it's not that I'm not a fan of the combat. I'm just not a fan of the counter system. I don't like how unforgiving the counter system is as evidence to the second to last boss battle that I about destroyed my controller and wall and everything. So, uh, but yeah, I tend to agree with you in terms of uh, the Avatar stuff because like you said, like Avatar has had one movie and like it was a good movie, but like, don't get me wrong, but like it's one movie. I, I'm definitely more excited for the Star Wars game to come from Massive than I am Avatar. And actually in Massive's engine is so uh, well-defined for like big open spaces. So I feel like that would be really cool for like, you know, if you have a giant battle on, on uh, Hoth or something, I don't know. It would just be super cool to kind of see that in action. Cause we, I don't know that we, we've ever gotten that scale of a campaign from star Wars, um, at least for a long time, but uh, moving on from that guys, in my opinion, the most exciting news of the week was yesterday we got news that an Indiana Jones game from Machine Games and Bethesda is making a freaking Indiana Jones game. Like, what? Uh, and this is also being executive produced by Todd Howard, who is uh, the head of Bethesda Game Studios, which is the developer that makes Fallout and Elder Scrolls. Um, so apparently this, they're saying that this won't affect Todd's work on Elder Scrolls six or Starfield, which I don't know how it wouldn't because he's involved in another massive game. But the, the very, very exciting part about this is machine games because Wolfenstein, both the first one and the second one and the spinoffs have all been awesome. And the story and characters have been some of the highlights of those games. So, like, I cannot wait to get my hands on I think, honestly, now with the Bethesda acquisition of Xbox, I think that this could be exclusive. It could be. I'm not saying it will. I'm saying it could be exclusive, and it could be essentially Xbox's answer to Uncharted. Uh, I don't know. How excited were you? It's a thousand percent exclusive. I want want to be. That is my just gut heart brain reaction is um phil spencer has not just wanted a third person action adventure game he has wanted an uncharted game like specifically an uncharted game itself and what better game for uncharted (laughs) or like than indiana jones which uncharted is based off of um i'm still a little wary on the license because i wasn't a huge fan of the xbox ps2 Indiana Jones game, which I think believe was the last one we got. Um, it looked graphically impressive at the time, but it, it played very wonky in my opinion. But I mean, it is Bethesda machine games, like you said, so it could do very well. But 
this is a thousand percent one of the things that Phil Spencer had in mind when he acquired Bethesda, which I, I don't think has officially still gone through yet. Yeah. But it's supposed to happen this, in June, I believe. What, exactly. This is what this is the type of caliber game that they wanted. I get it, Skyrim and all that stuff. Indiana Jones will sell though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with Sean. I think it's gonna be exclusive and I do think it is gonna be a, a big selling point as well. Uh, for Xbox, uh, I saw so many people popping off and getting excited when they announced it on uh, on Twitter uh, yesterday. I think it was, yeah. but um, yeah, I I think it's awesome. I've I played the Wolfenstein games; they're super fun. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do with uh, Indiana Jones, Doctor Jones. So I'm I'm definitely excited to see this uh, a bit more. They did they did also mention that it'll be a while until we see more information again. Mm-hmm. Yes. God damn it. <laughs> but um, I understand there. Lucasfilm seems to be a, doing a, a week of announcements. We'll see tomorrow. But they seem as they announced on Monday, uh, on Tuesday they announced this game. I think, and today they announced uh, Ubisoft yep. working on Star Wars. So we'll see if there's more. So I understand what they're doing if that's what they're doing. But God dang, I want to see more. I want to see more. <laughs> I want to see what type of game it is. You know, I want to know if I should be excited. Yeah. Yeah, it's a JRPG, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'd be into it. Let's, let's go. <laughs> and that that is a fair point. I don't know that this. I don't think this is going to be like a first person game, yeah. like what uh, Wolfenstein is. I think this. I would think that this would be more in the vein of Uncharted, where it's third person action adventure type of an experience. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Machine Games handles that. Uh, and the funny thing for me personally, I'm not even a big Indiana Jones movie fan. Like I haven't even seen all of the movies or like, I'm not a big fan of them, but skip the fourth, skip the fourth. fourth. Yeah. Uncharted. (laughs) Uncharted is literally the reason why this is exciting to me because uncharted, like you said, Sean is based off of Indiana Jones. Like that's the whole premise of uncharted essentially. So it has me very excited. (laughs) Like literally in the fourth uncharted, a thief's end, they introduce you having a whip like Indiana Jones. (laughs) I mean, and you're evidently probably going to have that at the beginning of the game as Indiana Jones in that game. So it's like, as long as they don't put any alien crap in this game, we'll be fine. Wait, was there alien stuff in the movies? In the fourth one. And that's why everyone, that's one of the biggest reasons why everyone hates it. Oh no. All right. Uh, I haven't seen that one then. Um, one one more kind of interesting thing that uh, I wanted to point out about this. Todd Howard teased this, and he may not have done this purposely, but he teased this months ago in a Zoom call that Jeff Keeley hosted that I was in for the Game Awards. He, Jeff was doing those weekly uh, Zoom calls, that, and Todd Howard was the guest on one of them. He had a little figure of in, an Indiana Jones-like uh, artifact or whatever sitting on the shelf behind him, and nobody... Nobody batted an eye. And that was after Phil Spencer had already shown the Series S that he had behind him before that was announced. So uh, my mind's blown. We should just pay attention to everyone's background. What is that? Is that a is that a white door in the, your background there, Roro? Or do, are you hiding something behind that door? No. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. <laughs> uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it, it is. In- I remember Phil Spencer. I think you... Yeah. Was it he had like the uh, Xbox Series X in the background or S in the yes. background? One of his Zoom calls once, 
So, yeah, yeah always got to keep a lookout now. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, the last thing I, I wanted to, to ask you guys, what overall, what is it that you want to see the most out of all, everything we talked about in terms of Luke's film games or Star Wars or Indiana Jones? What is the number one thing that you want to see out of all of these things? I'll I'll start with me to give you guys a second to think about it, but mine, the number one thing I want to see is Todd Howard delivering on a game for the first time since pretty much Skyrim because uh, Fallout Four Fallout Four was good, but it wasn't you know great. It wasn't on Fallout Three level. So I I want to see Todd redeem himself. I love Todd Howard, and I think he's an awesome industry guy and. He kind of uh, is the face, essentially, of a Bethesda Game Studios. So it'll be interesting to see his collaboration with Machine Games and how that affects Indiana Jones' game. Um, but I think work, the whole working from home thing with COVID right now has actually probably helped with this because Todd Howard can be more involved. He, he doesn't have to be physically there, um, which I think is super, super cool. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the one, number one thing I want to see. I want to see the Todd father back on top. <laughs> uh, KOTOR, a revival of KOTOR, to be honest. I mean, I, I can't stress enough, uh, for any young gamers out there, like how well this series was, uh, both one and two, like it was, when you play that on the original Xbox, it was really one of those franchises and series that like you truly felt like embrace into the star wars universe itself and the possibility of giving that series to somebody else because i i really doubt that bioware will get their hands on it anymore because i maybe just left do dragon age at this point um but to think that maybe there's a strong possibility that this could come back under some some other company's umbrella is really exciting to me that this is opening up those possibilities um yeah i'm i'm honestly just more excited for more star wars i know ea is not necessarily part of this deal but i am excited for a sequel to uh jedi fallen order whenever that comes but um i'm i'm hoping that we get like a not a boba fett uh star wars game but like a mandalorian not the mandalorian like the disney show but like you play as a bounty hunter i guess um, but yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping for that we get something. I, I still every day I I, I kind of cry in bed about the what could have been the Amy Henning Star Wars game. So I would love something like that, a story driven, like maybe a third person adventure Star Wars game. So that's something that I'm hoping comes out of this for sure. Wow. Even though we've got that with Jedi Fallen Order, but I would like the Bounty Hunter one. <laughs> That sounds so good. A bounty Hunter <laughs> Star Wars game? Uh, yes, please. I'm signing let's up. Not, let's not bring up 1313. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair oh. point. Yeah. Fair point. Uh, okay, guys. Uh, that's it for the topic of the show. Our final new segment, uh, what are you working on? So I thought this would be a kind of a cool segment to, you know, just highlight things that we're doing currently, I guess. Um the only thing I'm doing right now is just I'm trying to work on some YouTube content, but uh, I have not gotten there yet. I bought a new camera to replace my other one because 
Uh, it was very cumbersome and difficult to deal with. So I've got that mounted on my wall now. So it's a little cleaner. Uh, my desk is a mess right now because I literally spent the last second before the podcast to get it set up. But uh, it'll be nice moving forward. So uh, yeah, look out for some Oh, I just got <laughs> stuck in my throat. Uh, <laughs> look out for some YouTube content maybe coming soon. So, nice. Roro. Uh, Roro, I saw you uh, posted a little blog, and you have a new, a fancy new website. I don't think you had the website before, did you, for Thank You Games? No, I didn't, no. Yeah. My my girlfriend had a website. She uh, made a website uh, a while, or like I think uh, early... 20 or late 2018 she started it and then she decided she didn't want it anymore but she still had like the the year subscription on squarespace so she gave me that so i'm going to take over the website now so i i developed a thank you games website or didn't develop it i just took a theme and wrote on it <laughs> but um yeah so if you go on thankyougames.com you can see um games that i would like to review in the future and i uh opinions and stuff like that but yeah it's definitely very early on but uh you can go over there and check out some of my written stuff sweet and that's that's kind of what i'm working on right now yeah sweet uh you i saw your most recent one was 15 indies that are going to be special yes. and there's a lot of stuff on there that was just announced at game awards even like uh yeah. uh crap Season. i forget the names of them but the quirky one in the car and uh oh yeah road yeah. 96 or something yeah and see the big one that people really liked i noticed yes yeah. yeah lots of good stuff there so definitely yeah. check it out um i think that's it anybody have anything else to add before we close sean i know you you create massive amounts of content out there so i i know you you are working on some important things well, i'm just you know protect protecting our go. elderly <laughs> uh humans out in the world with you know the covid vaccine it's okay Am I a hero? Yes. Um, I mean, it's okay to just call me that and give me praises. Um, just follow me up on my Twitter handle at real Donald Trump. Um, God, I no. All the lies that I well, oh, You sorry. won't see anything now. <laughs> God. Oh, Sean. No, but I, I know you said you, uh, you and I talked last week, but that is part of the reason why i've been so intermittently out after the holiday season was this is whole ramped up and so it's been generally about 15 hours 16 hour days because you have to input all into the government that day that you give a vaccine so it's been very time consuming for me so sorry about my sporadicness when it comes to being on the podcast all right well i know our listeners are glad to have you back sean despite what they say i still don't agree. Um, <laughs> thank no, you. Would agree. <laughs> thank you to, again to everyone joining us both live on YouTube and on Twitch as well now, uh, and on podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Thank you, Roro. Thank you, Sean. I am Daniel, and this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Much love and keep on gaming. Deuces. See ya. <laughs>